I'd be lying if I said I enjoyed pregnancy before week like 19 or 20. And I think that really frustrates a lot of people because women are just supposed to be like, this is a miracle. I love being pregnant. It's so amazing. And yes, it's a miracle. You're creating a life, but it's not amazing for everyone. And there's a lot of guilt that comes with sharing the fact that you don't enjoy it. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. For those of you who are new here, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer and creator of Big Kid Problems, which is a popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast all about learning how to adult. And I am so excited for today's episode because we're diving into a topic that I am personally very curious about. It's one of the next phases of adulthood that I haven't quite hit yet, but it is coming up on the horizon. And that's all things pregnancy. I don't know about you guys, but I'm in my 30s now and so many of my friends are pregnant. Like seriously, of my eight bridesmaids, seven of them have gotten pregnant since I postponed my wedding, which is a whole other story. But what's wild is when your close friends get pregnant, you start learning shit about pregnancy that they just don't tell you anywhere else. Like, it's amazing to me that I'm a 32-year-old female and there is still so much I don't know about being pregnant. That's why I was so stoked to have our lovely guest on this week. She has been keeping it so real around what it's like to go through pregnancy. We have on Cameron Rogers, aka The Freckled Foodie. If you don't know Cameron, she is a big lifestyle and food blogger in New York City. She's a certified health coach and podcast host of the Freckled Foodie and Friends podcast. I was actually just on her podcast about a month ago, which was so fun. I'm going to link it in show notes if anyone wants to listen. But Cameron is also in her second trimester and has recently used her platform to document the nitty gritty of her pregnancy experience so far. She started an Instagram series called What the Fuck is Happening to My Body? And I have to say, in a world like Instagram where it's all like perfectly curated maternity shoots and highlight reels, I really enjoy Cameron's style of just laying it all on the table. The good, the bad, and the gassy. And my longtime listeners, I haven't admitted this publicly yet, but I'm actually going to start trying to get pregnant in the next six months, which 
even saying out loud is kind of terrifying. So I was especially excited for this topic. I just want to mentally and emotionally prepare for what's coming, you know? So even if you're not there yet, I think this is a really fun, really interesting interview. It's a road many of us will walk down eventually. And even for my guys out there, I think this will be eye-opening for you to hear about like what we actually fucking go through to bring life into this world. So without further ado, let's get this bitch started. Stay tuned and we will be right back. Before we get started, it's a new rear, new you. In 2021, don't just make a commitment to wash your hands every time you poop. Go the extra mile and wash your tush. The future of toileting has arrived, guys. All right, it's technically been around for centuries, but hideously expensive, costing thousands. But now the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. It's stylish, eco-friendly, easy to install, and of course, affordable. You use water to clean your body, right? I mean, it's time to do that for your butt. Hello Tushy attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper use by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself pretty much in only a few months. So if you've never used a bidet before, I know it can be intimidating, but I'm telling you, the first time I tried it was truly a transformational experience for me. It's a whole new level of clean, and I wish I could just sing it from the rooftops. It's time to try Tushy. So go to hellotushy.com slash big kid to get 10% off plus free shipping. This is a special offer just for our listeners. Again, just go to hellotushy.com slash big kid for 10% off. That's hello hellotushy.com slash big kid today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm sitting here with Cameron Rogers, a freckled foodie. Welcome to the show, girlfriend. Hello. Thank you for having me on. It's always so fun to be on the other side of a podcast, but also with someone who I've had on my show and like have now connected with. It just feels like I already know you so well. I know. It's the best. I love it too. I love being the guest. It's so much easier to just show up. It's so much easier. Oh my God. It's so much easier. You don't have to worry about like what you're going to ask next or like the flow of the show. You just answer the questions. I know. It's pretty great. Well, the tables have turned. (laughs) <laughs> I you're now in the hot seat and I'm so excited to talk to you because we're it, it's funny because like looking at your platform obviously like you got your start in food and all of this fun stuff but today we're we're talking about pregnancy which is like a, <laughs> kind of a departure but I love what you've been doing on your platform where you've been like super fucking honest which I love yeah and not everyone loves it. So thank you so much. And yes, a definite departure. I do feel, I think we talked about this in the episode on my show, but I started the account and it was so food focused and I've definitely transitioned since there. I'm like toying around with the idea of changing my name, but I feel so deeply connected to like the freckled foodie aspect. It's like my alter ego. I don't know if I can, but for me, pregnancy wise, I have been definitely very open and honest. I mean, I think I am about most things, but specifically pregnancy. And some people are just not here for it. And I'm like, that's great. My content isn't for you. You don't have to consume it. You actually get to decide who you want to follow. Wait, have people give, been giving you shit? Uh, like a few. You know, it's it's really interesting that I feel like pregnancy and then motherhood is a whole new thing. People, it just like opens this 
these can of worms of like crazy people who love to troll. And, you know, I talked about how I plan on getting the vaccine the second it's available to me, even though I'm pregnant, but my doctor really is pro it. And I'll, and someone's like, you're insane. Like, I'm like, are you, you're not my doctor. Why would I listen to you? You are a random person on Instagram. Um, and then I've gotten a few like, you know, you're, Pregnancy content 24-7 is insufferable. I'm like, but I'm I'm pregnant 24-7. <laughs> I can't just take a photo and suddenly not be pregnant. So, you know, not everyone. I also think the way I've approached it is that I'm definitely grateful for the experience, but I'm going to share the honest truth about it. And like, I'd be lying if I said I enjoyed pregnancy before week like 19 or 20. And I think that really frustrates a lot of people because women are just supposed to be like, this is a miracle. I love being pregnant. It's so amazing. And yes, it's a miracle. You're creating a life, but it's not amazing for everyone. And there's a lot of guilt that comes with sharing the fact that you don't enjoy it. And I think for me to be very public about the fact that I hated the beginning of it and I felt very disconnected and I wasn't excited, it definitely makes a few people uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I mean, coming from a chick's perspective, like a fellow female, like I appreciate it because like I'm somebody who is interested. Like I I, I want to have kids eventually. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm getting married, it's like more of a conversation than ever, like probably sooner than later. Right. So I appreciate hearing like an honest, authentic um, take on it because I don't think it is all roses. Like when I have conversations with my girlfriends and start getting the real, the real side of things, I'm like why didn't I know about some of this stuff, you know? Right. (laughs) And that was my biggest takeaway from especially the first trimester. I'm also young. So, well, I don't know if I'm young. I'm 29. You're you're a um, child bride in my eyes. (laughs) Right. No, really. Like that's what people... And the funny thing is that we dated for 12... 12 years? 12 years before we got married. So like we were like pushing it off, quote unquote. That's so funny. But... Only one of my close friends has had a child. So from her, I'm getting all of the like nitty gritty, real raw details. But what I'm seeing on social media is just so perfect in a sense. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there sharing their real and honest journeys. But for now, I just am like, why did no one tell me any of this was going to happen? Like my first trimester, I started this series called What the Fuck is Happening to My Body on IGTV. And I was like real recording for a vlog what was happening every week. And then I posted it all once I announced I was pregnant. My first trimester was absolute hell. And I was like, no one tells you, even just like the weird things. Like I smelled awful. My, I'm so hairy everywhere. I have veins like I've never seen before in my boobs. Like I audibly screamed one day when I was like rubbing oil all over my body at night naked in a mirror because all of a sudden I look like a like spider web of veins. <sighs> like little shit that it's just like no one prepared me for this. Oh my God. Wait, I want to get into all of that. Those like nitty gritty weird shit. Oh, happy to. Yeah. But before we do, just so um, like our audience has some context, like how old are you? How far along are yeah, you? Are you? <laughs> yeah. Like what? what? <laughs> Give us like, a little bit of background. So I am 29. I have been married for two, just over two years. I am currently, as we're recording this, 23 weeks pregnant. I'm due at the end of May, 2021. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of other like contextual information. I guess I should also say, like I said, I wasn't trying to get pregnant. I was 
we had been married for two years. We had always thought like fall of, we got married in fall of 2018. We were like, you know what? Fall of 2020 seems like a good time. That gives us two years to like have time for ourselves, you know, travel. Hmm. We did so much of that. In 2020, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're like literally going to 2020. We're like, okay, this will be like our last year to really travel a ton. That didn't happen. Um, And I had always had like, I have a history of weird health issues and I have a big fear of infertility and just not being able to get pregnant. And I just always was concerned that it was going to be a long journey for me. Mm -hmm. So... I saw my doctor before we were ready to start trying and I asked to just do like a very standard fertility blood panel. And one of my markers, which is AMH, and I am really bad at knowing this type of information. So please talk to your doctor if you're curious. But basically it is one of the trackers for your egg count and like your how many eggs you have, I guess. It's some hormone that measures that. And I was in the infertile range. And so she was like, you know what? I want you to just see a fertility specialist to get their opinion on this. And so I had a call with her fertility specialist and she was like, you know, you're not going to be able to get pregnant on your own. You're going to have to do IVF. I think we should start IVF (gasps) now. And I was like, wait, hold the phone. I'm 29. I haven't even started trying why are we going from zero to a hundred? But at the same time, like, I know nothing about this. I'm not a doctor. If a specialist is telling me this, I'm kind of taking her advice as like, this is what is going to happen. So I was mentally preparing myself that this was going to be our journey. And I, of course, was going to get a second opinion. So I scheduled a second opinion. And after that phone call, I took a way more laissez-faire approach to contraception mm-hmm. with my husband because I'm like, well, we can't get pregnant. Like I'm infertile. And then I was, that was like a two week period, honestly. And then I started to get really bad cramps and it was like a week before my period was supposed to come. I'm like, this is so odd. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I was cramping so badly. Now I know they're implantation cramps. Another thing I didn't know existed, but like when I guess the embryo, I don't even know the scientific reason, but early stages of pregnancy. And to be fully transparent, I was about to do mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) on Saturday morning. And I had this like whole day agenda planned. And I was like, you know what? Just because we have been kind of like laissez-faire and I'm having these weird pains, maybe I'll take a pregnancy test. Didn't even tell my husband. I really thought there was zero chance. Took the test, forgot about it, came back 20 minutes and saw his head pregnant and screamed (sighs) for my husband. And like, so it was a total surprise. I'm not saying it was like, completely out of our scheduling. It was obviously earlier because we hadn't been trying, but all that to say, that's kind of how it all happened. Because I think that does go into, it ties into my emotions during the first trimester if I really look at it like holistically. Yeah. Wait, can you go back to what an implementation cramp is? I don't I don't think I know what that is, <laughs> which is like so sad. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I didn't either. And like, this is another thing that I think people on social media kind of are bothered by about me is that I am not spending my life researching all these things. Like, you know, I didn't, someone's like, you just seem really unprepared for pregnancy. I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm the first to admit it. Like, I'm not going to spend my time Googling all this shit because A, it's probably just going to overwhelm me. I know my anxiety threshold. I know what triggers me. I know what spirals I can get into. So I'd rather just not even start them. Mm -hmm. So I don't have all the answers by any means. I'm the first one to admit that. But I believe something that happens in our female system when the sperm meets the like 
egg, I guess, and it's forming an embryo. I don't fully know, but basically it mimicked in that moment. So very early stages of pregnancy, horrific period cramps. So I just thought I was getting my period. It felt like exactly like period cramps, but then I wasn't bleeding. And that was happening for three days. And I was like, I usually get cramps and bleed right away. And it's also early. So like, what is this? Interesting. But then mine lasted. Yeah, mine lasted for like a good week and a half, two weeks. Oh man. Okay. So that's something to like look out for. Uh, which I didn't know. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> okay, so you just mentioned too your, you know, your anxiety levels, especially going into pregnancy, because you weren't super, super prepared. And I, mm-hmm. I, I found this really interesting because this is especially a topic I have not heard talked about enough. Is like you mentioned, you're somebody with existing anxiety and how that has affected you during pregnancy. Because I also suffer with anxiety. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think your your experience with this has been really eye-opening because it doesn't just go away. <laughs> in fact, it can oh my be, God, in no. fact, it can be heightened. So I'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> it got way worse for me. Uh, so I, but everyone's different. I've always struggled with anxiety. It's been a lifelong thing for me. I decided to go on medication two years ago and was on amitriptyline for around two years. And I chose that specific medication because my anxiety also, I have a lot of post-concussion symptoms in terms of headaches and it triggers that. And this specific medication has been used in like post-concussion studies to help with symptoms. And so it kind of hit both with one. And I absolutely loved the medication, but it was not one that my doctors felt comfortable with me being on while trying to conceive or while pregnant. Mm. So before we started trying, I literally the month before I got pregnant. So thankfully we were even thinking about like doing all this. I was like, you know what? Why don't I go off of it now so that I can adjust? And then if I need to go on a different medication that my doctors feel safe with me going on, I can figure that out before I get pregnant. Mm. Obviously that timeline did not work out because I went off of it, felt okay, and then got pregnant and anxiety hit me like a Mack truck. And for me, in the beginning of my pregnancy, there was so much, A, just like, what is going on? I, I was not prepared for this. Like, holy shit. B, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and I'm like living at my parents' house. So like, what are we about to do? And then C, just life of like the era that we're living in is very anxiety inducing. Dude. And for me, yeah, <laughs> it's next level. So like everything piled on top, it was just really, really bad for me personally. And I hit a point where I wasn't sleeping at night and I was waking up on the verge of a panic attack every day. And it was just awful. And I was asking one of my friends who's a gynecologist, like, is there anything I can do? Because on top of all of this, they're like, okay, I had just gone off my medication. They tell me I can't take CBD. I can't rely on my edibles like I normally do. I can't drink. Like anything I, not that I should be relying on substances (laughs) for my anxiety, but like everything that usually helps has been stripped away from me. And then all of these anxiety triggers have been heightened. So for me, I had a call with my doctor and I was like, and, and then on top of that, everyone's telling you, well, an anxious womb is like not good for the baby. Like, so- everyone's basically telling you, you're not allowed to be anxious. So I had a call with my doctor and I was like, I am not in a good place. Um, not only for my own health, but like, I don't foresee this pregnancy lasting like this for the sake of the the embryo at this point. Um, I'm just like, it's not healthy for anyone involved. So I ended up going on Zoloft, which is medication that my doctors feel comfortable with me being on while I'm pregnant. 
has changed everything for me. Um, that's another thing that I'm very, very honest and open about because I think there's a lot of shame around medication to begin with. And then you add pregnancy on top of it and people are like shame times a million and, you know, everyone's so afraid. But for me, it was a very easy decision of like, do I want this baby to grow? Do I want this embryo to grow into a healthy baby and like see this actually last and and go on medication to assist with that? Or do I want to be in panic and anxiety every day and like potentially not have a continuous pregnancy. Like for me, it was a no question. Yeah. And so did you see immediate relief when you when you went on that medication or did it take a little while to kind of- It took a bit. Yeah. It took a bit. But I mean, even just like the, not that I do believe medication obviously is like scientific and there's something going on, but there's also a small placebo effect that's like just the- relief that you know it will be coming. Does that make sense? Like having some mm-hmm. source of comfort in eventually this will feel better and I'm taking this step in that direction right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's how um like my, me with my medication is it's like um I, I was prescribed Xanax like years ago and I've kind of like weaned myself mm-hmm. off of it. But um my doctor has always said like, you should have it on you to know, like if you have start to experience a panic attack, totally. panic attack, like you know that you don't have to like crumble. Like you have, you have an out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have a Xanax prescription for the same mm-hmm. thing. I'm not taking it while I'm pregnant, but pre-pregnancy, same thing. Yeah. Like just in case this panic attacks come, I have the tools that I need. Right, right. It's, it totally, it helps. It definitely helps to know like you have like a little, a little mm-hmm. help in the, on the on the side. Well, because so much of anxiety is like the fear of the unknown and the spiral. Mm-hmm. So even just having the comfort of like something is in me that's trying to help or I have the tool if I need it is comforting. Totally. Wait, I didn't know. So you can't have CBD when you're pregnant? Okay, so this is another thing that people are like all up in my DMs about. So technically there isn't a ton of science done because no one wants to perform tests on pregnant women, which I totally understand why. Mm. However, if I was in Colorado or a state where like marijuana is way and CBD and all of that is way more normalized and like a part of culture, I'm sure my doctor would be fine with it. Do I think I'd be 100% fine if I was taking CBD every day? Yes, absolutely. There's no question. However, my doctor is like, there's just not science. So like, if you cannot take it, can we just not take it? Yeah. So I'm kind of just leaning on her suggestion for that. I mean, it's also because I think it's my first baby. I'm like trying to be extra cautious about things. (laughs) But I do have like a CBD cream that like I'll put on my lower back. So you know, everyone to each their own. Yeah. I feel like, I remember my friend telling me like her mom was doing like ecstasy when she was pregnant with her. So like, I feel like a little CBD tablet's going to be okay. But maybe that's just me. Totally. Like the deli meats and runny eggs and like the smoked salmon everyone's up in cahoots about. And I'm like, but do you know what our parents were doing when they were pregnant? Like, pretty sure they were ripping cigarettes and like still (laughs) drinking a lot. So true. That's so true. Um, Anyone listening, I'm willing to to dedicate my body to science and um, (laughs) try CBD through pregnancy. Um, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that. Just kidding. Um, But maybe. Well, that was one of the messages that was like, you won't take CBD, but you'll take the vaccine. Are you insane? I was like, listen, I'm just going off my, I'm I'm believing in my doctors right now. So just like you do you, I will do me. Dude, I have to give you credit for for being honest on the internet. I feel like I, I feel like as somebody with anxiety, getting that stream of like, 
shit would really affect me. So kudos to you. It depends on the comment. Some of them affect me. Some of them, I'm just like, you're so crazy. I don't care. Yeah. Good for you. I'm interested. I know because you you mentioned like some of these crazy things that happened to you in pregnancy that you didn't expect. Like I love to hear like what was like the weirdest thing that you had no idea was coming? Okay. Well, first I would definitely say because I don't have a great memory uh, to watch my like first video of what the fuck is happening to my body because that was like a full recap of my first trimester. I'll link it. Some of the weird- I'll link it in show notes if anyone wants to watch. But go on. So some of the weird ones for me were like I mentioned, like I just smelled so awful. Like the BO was like next level horrific and like could not stop sweating. And I wasn't doing anything different. I physically was not moving off of my couch. I had awful, awful sickness. And another thing I hate is like whoever coined the term morning sickness is a fucking liar because that shit lasts all day long. So I had no idea. I thought you were like a little nauseous when you woke up and then it was fine and you could go on with your day. But I was sick from the second I woke up until the second I went to bed. And quite honestly, my- Like throwing up sick or just like nauseous? So varies by person. Um, I've also learned. For me, I only physically threw up a few times and they were very random. But it's the feeling of, you know, when you're about to throw up and you have like the chills and your palms are sweaty and it's in the back of your throat. Yeah, it's the worst feeling ever. there's no relief. Yeah. It was that all day long. And like I'd sit over the toilet to try just like I wouldn't like try to make myself, but I'd just be like, is it going to come? And my eyes would water and I feel like I'd like black out, but nothing would come out. So it was just constant with no relief, which honestly, in my mind was almost worse. Um, Are you, quick question, quick question. When you get really, like when you used to get really drunk and hung over, would you throw up? I'm not a throw up. No, so I, I never was. I'm, I'm not either. So I'm thinking like my experience is going to be similar to yours. Like I never throw up easily. So like I'm probably yeah, going to be like never. that. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I tied that also. I was like, I never threw up hungover. So like maybe this is just my body. So I quite literally did not leave the couch. I mean, I did like the bare minimum of work during those like two months and did not leave my sofa and just watch TV and like, tried to sleep throughout the day. It was honestly the most depressing feeling in the world because I would wake up and count down the hours until I could go back to bed at night. And the smell was just like overwhelming because not only did I just smell, but like the scent of myself made me want to throw up. Like it was just such an endless cycle. Um, The hair growth is no joke. Like all of a sudden I felt like my face was so hairy. I have such thick sideburns now and like peach fuzz everywhere, just hair everywhere. Sense of certain things, which I know people say, but weird things like my dog is my best friend. I have him on my body at all times, but like even his musk, like I couldn't smell him. I honestly, it was so sad for me. I couldn't cuddle with him. I couldn't be near him. Like I felt oh. awful. Laund- like laundry detergent still is a big thing for me. So if anyone who like is, if I'm in a house with my family, we can only use unscented because if it's in the machine, like three loads before I do my load, I still smell oh it. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think, oh, no sex drive. Literally first trimester, I was like, I love you, Joe, but get away from me. I can't even like consider having sex with you. (laughs) And then body stuff, it's just been like a wild turn of, you know, you're so like soft and mushy in the beginning where you're like, what is going on? Like, am I really pregnant? I can't figure out what this is. Like, am I just bloated? Is there a baby in there? Like one day you're so bloated, the next day you look like nothing's changed in the beginning. And then the boobs for me have been a huge change. I mean, I went from a 30, 
4C to like larger than a 34 double D. And like, for me, it's been really difficult to honestly find things that fit and like, they just get in the way of everything. And they are, when I say veiny, it's like not even near the description of what they look like. I was in the bathroom, like rubbing oil all over myself and my husband was peeing and he turned around and I looked in the mirror and we literally screamed (laughs) because when I lifted my shirt, like all of a sudden one night it happened. Just so many blue veins. And another thing I learned is that your blood flow increases by like, I forget the percentage, but a large percent when you're pregnant. So that's, the veins are more prominent, but also like your, my teeth bleed every, every time I brush my teeth. I bruise incredibly easily. Like if I, if my sister's puppy scratches me, like I have all these pop blood vessels. Like it's just the weirdest shit where I'm like, no one told me this existed. (sighs) There's so many things. The veins, I didn't realize this too. I have a girlfriend who has such bad, um, like it's not just even, yeah, like it's not even just like the visible blue veins, but they're actually like 3D popping out of her legs. And Mm -hmm. she has to wear like two pairs of compression socks every day. I'm like, I did not know about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a common thing in pregnancy. Also, if you're like prone to having those, I was just talking to my friend about this because she's delivering tomorrow. We were both like, I mean, I didn't, I don't have them yet, but like, that's something I feared. Just like your body is quite literally a science experiment. I feel like that's the best way to explain it. I feel like I'm just watching this science experiment play out and it's just so wild to me. And like lately right now I'm dealing with pregnancy insomnia, which I didn't know was a thing. So like, I'm so tired and I go to bed and then I wake up at 2 a.m. and I am like ready to fucking party. Really? And then I'm up from like, yes. And then I'm up from like two to four and I can't get comfortable. On top of the insomnia, I'm at a place where like my belly has grown. So like I can't really get comfortable in the bed because yeah. you're not allowed to like lie on your back after a certain point. And then like the, on your side, it like starts to cramp and I'm just like wide awake and then I'm tired all day long. And evidently this is a very common thing that everyone, when I talked about it, everyone's messaging me like, it's the worst. I'm like, why didn't no one tell me about this? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Somebody told me it's like your body getting you used to having sleepless nights with a baby, you know? Everyone keeps saying that to me and I'm like, fuck you (laughs) because I don't want to like, I just want to sleep. I don't want to get prepared now. Like, just let me sleep. It'll happen when the baby comes. But for now, I want to rest. But yes, that's what everyone tells me. The other thing my friend and I were saying, oh, I'm also starting to get that like kind of line like from my crotch to my belly button. Like, you know, where your happy trail is, like a dark line. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to my friend, like, what is that? And she's like, I don't even know. Like, it's so wild to me because if men were the ones that experienced pregnancy and all these symptoms, we would have all of the answers. Like so much so much research would be done, all these scientific studies, we would know why everything happens. But because it's females that are going through this, we're just like, oh, chalk it up to pregnancy. Yeah. Like that's not an answer. Uh, I remember um, Amy Schumer, she had that, she had that, yes. uh, that, what's that disease called? Um, I forget the disease, but she had an awful pregnancy. Yeah, I forget the name. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, but yeah, she had that, like it's a condition where she was just like so violently ill throughout her whole pregnancy. And she said mm-hmm. the same thing. She's like, guy scientists, like, you know, spend so much time on pills to make their dicks hard and not to like right. research this stuff. No, it's wild to me. Yeah. Like we have Viagra, but we don't have a pregnancy safe solution for morning sickness. Yeah. Like 
We need makes no we sense. We need to more me. female female scientists out there represent. Yes, we, we do. We also need someone to figure out tamp like a new tampon situation. We were um driving and I had to get a gas station tampon like recently, which is basically a rolled up Hell. it's a rolled up like science fair board. Like it is just like the yes. worst. And I remember like using it and I was I almost cried and I was like, I cannot believe. <laughs> That this is still like we're in 2021. Like we're fucking on the moon. Like we can go to the moon. Like we can go to Mars. Like we can do all this shit. And I'm using a science fair board rolled up. And for real, <laughs> like it's awful. Your male listeners, if you have any, are so oh, awful. Oh, the they've show by definitely now. like goodbye. They've deleted, they've deleted their <laughs> podcast app. They're like, no more. Um, well, now that they're gone, we can start getting into some real shit, which I love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you, and I'm sorry if this is too personal. Yes. You can just say no. I don't believe in too personal. Okay. Because you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned the, the facial hair situation. I'm mm-hmm. of German descent. Like, I know that shit is real. Like, what have you? <laughs> yes. What have, have you used anything to like get rid of that? Like, what, what's your secret? Okay, so body hair, I'm like a hairy person, which is kind of surprising because I have very thin, straight hair on my head, but like the rest of my body is like black, wiry hair. And I am like, this is going further even personal than what you just asked, but like I'm so prone to ingrowns that I have tried to laser as much of my body as possible. So like my armpits, for instance, I've lasered, I've lasered my full Brazilian and I've lasered my knee down on my legs. Another thing that I was not told is that like your hair comes back hmm. when you're pregnant, even if you've lasered. So I'm experiencing no longer like sans hair. I'm getting hair back, which is kind of frustrating because I've also spent so much money on like making sure it didn't exist on my body. Yeah. So that's frustrating. And especially the Brazilian, like I talked to my friends who are pregnant, like there hits a point where you can't even see anything. So like you're just screwed down there. Like you can't do anything. And I have always gotten waxes my entire life. I got a wax. Like I guess it has to do with the blood flow. My whole like bikini line broke out and like popped blood vessels. Like just crazy shit that I'm like, this is since I was 15, I've been waxing. This has never happened to me. But my face has never been something I've ever like taken care of because it's never been, I don't know, maybe it's hairy and I just didn't notice it. But I got one of those like twinkle things. It's like a face razor almost. And I don't know if it's great to be using, but people swear by them. So it's like a single blade. It's almost like a micro blade or micro something. Okay. I think I have one of those. And it just like, gets the peach fuzz off. Mm. So for me, like, it was just all I could see. And like, the thing with sideburns is you have to be very, very careful because if you like screw it up, it's very obvious. And if you like cut, I can't explain it, but like my one friend did it and like she then gave herself like a straight edge sideburn (laughs) like halfway through her face. I'm like, that looks so much worse. (laughs) So I've been trying to do that. Um, And then otherwise, I'm just kind of like, fuck it. What do I care? Yeah. Okay, good to know. I for me, it wasn't like yeah, I think you're still you're 29. I think when I hit like 30, 31, like I just started like my facial hair just started coming in hot. I'm like, what the What fuck? do you do? Do you wax? Um, no, but I tried laser on my face and I would not recommend yeah. it. I, well, I have also a very fair skin, but it like gave me melasma. So I have like where I tried to do it above my upper lip, like I now have like a darker right. coloration over my upper lip. I'm like, well, that's worse. 
So <laughs> that happens to a lot of people with waxing too. That's why I've never waxed my upper lip because that scares me. I don't want, also I just feel like my freckles throw everything off and like lasering didn't work as well on my legs nearly as well as it did in my Brazilian or my armpits because the laser almost picks up the freckle. Like it just kind of screwed everything up. Mm. So I know I wouldn't, it wouldn't work on my face. Yeah. If I find anything, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> any any other- Please, uh, please. Any other um, advancements in that area. Um, okay, one thing I know you mentioned, I know you mentioned this on your social and I had to bring it up too, speaking of embarrassing things. Um, you mentioned the gas, yeah. which I, my other girlfriend who's pregnant- Oh my God, I totally forgot. Oh my God. The worst symptom. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that back up. My other girlfriend who's pregnant never, told me the same thing. She's like, I've never experienced anything like this before. I have never experienced farts like that in my life. And I'm a very like, you know, I hate the whole mentality of like girls don't poop. And it always has bothered me. So I've, very, I've always been very opening about my poop schedule, like with my guy friends, with my husband. It's just like some, my dad says, I can't go a day without talking about poop. So like, it's always something that's been, I'm comfortable talking about. I've just never been like a farter. I've always burped. It's always like come out the other side for me. Obviously I farted, but like not really. And so I've like farted in front of my husband, but I've never been one that's like, oh, I'm going to hide it. It just wasn't happening a lot. When I got pregnant, it was like the floodgates opened and they could not close. It was so bad, but not only was it so constant, the smell was so horrific. And again, your sense of smell is so heightened that I just felt like nauseated by myself. And like, that's also has to do with the BO. I just felt like I was sitting in this like cesspool of my own bodily odor that I couldn't escape. And I smelled on such a heightened level. And it's gotten a little bit better during the second trimester. But the first trimester, I spent a weekend with my sisters and their significant others. And like before we all met up at my sister's house, I texted everyone. And I was like, I just need to warn you. My guess is so bad. Like, please do not judge me. Um, we're just going to act like it's not happening because there's <laughs> nothing I can do. And I finally decided to take the mentality with my husband. And like, thank God he's so amazing. He's just like, you know, it smells, but like whatever. I just kept being like, it's our baby. It's not me. I really think it's our baby farting and my body is releasing his farts. <laughs> and you just have to deal with it. If you complain, you're complaining about your baby. So like, how do you want to handle this? <sighs> and he was like, I mean, you're not right in that method, but I'll just accept that and we can move past this because it's easier for me to believe that than to believe that your body is creating these scents. <laughs> That's a good tactic. I like that. Um, how, yeah. how, how have things been with you and your husband? Like, do you think pregnancy has brought you guys closer? Like, I, mean, I know you mentioned the first trimester, like your sex drive was gone. Like, has that changed? Like, I'm very curious about the dynamics yeah. there. Of course, I think it's very dependent for each relationship. Um, so like, I don't think that my experience is what everyone is experiencing whatsoever, especially based on messages I've received. For me, it has brought us a hundred times closer. And Joe and I talk about this a lot. We've been dating since we were juniors in high school. And like, we always say that with each stage of life, I feel like you untap this new level of love that you didn't know existed. And I felt that way we like, broke up for a bit during college and got back together. And I felt like that was then a real relationship versus puppy love. And then when we got engaged, I remember thinking, oh my God, I, how, how is it possible? I love you even more. And then I felt the same way when we moved in and got married. And when I got pregnant, I felt the same way. I'm sure it's going to be exponential when we have a child, but I just feel like you always love someone 
to what I thought was the capacity. And then you untap this new level and it's so fun for me. So that's something that I've experienced personally with him. I think a large part of it is how, I mean, I think he's like the best, he gets mad when I say he's the best person to walk this planet because he says that's unrealistic expectation (laughs) to set for him. But I honestly just am so incredibly in love and with him and blessed that he's my partner because he has been so understanding of everything. And I think all males should be because we're quite literally creating a human and doing God's work. But like anything I need, anything that needs to get done, he has taken over responsibility of every household item that could ever exist. He is like at my beck and call in the best way possible. Um, And also the biggest thing for me was, you know, in the first trimester, I felt really disconnected from my body, from this experience. I was depressed. I felt really isolated and alone because not only, you know, I, I told all of my close people in my life very early on because I needed the support, but you're still alone. We're in COVID. Mm-hmm. So I felt very lonely and not discon- and very just disconnected from the fact that I was pregnant. I wasn't excited about it. I was just quite literally trying to survive every day. And I remember the day after we found out or the baby's gender, we're having a boy. I also, it was like right around that period that I started to feel a little bit better, nauseous wise. And I, we were sitting at the kitchen table and I was, we were like doing our morning stuff, like drinking coffee and crosswords and stuff. And I said, today is the first day that I'm excited to be pregnant other than that first week we took the test. And I know that's probably not a great thing to say, which it's totally okay to say. It's just society has like made us feel guilty for having those emotions. But I just feel like I need to get that off my chest. And I think a lot of partners, husbands or wives, depending on what relationship you're in, could potentially take that as like, well, how is that even possible? I've been excited. Like, you know, that's not how you're supposed to feel. And he was just like, of course, like, are you kidding what you've been through? Why would you be excited? You're allowed to have those emotions. Like Mm. you're warranted to feel all these things. He has been such a incredible journey to watch evolve into a man for me because I've known him since he was 16 Mm. and we've both evolved. I know we talked about it on my show. I'm like a recovering bitch. (laughs) He has also evolved into this very vulnerable, mindful human who like meditates every day and is like trying to better himself in many ways. And- For me, he allows this space that we've worked on to get here for me to be my honest and very vulnerable and like anxious self. And he knows how to handle me. And like that for me got me through the first trimester because I was able to speak my mind completely candidly knowing that there was zero judgment. Sex drive wise to take things from like emotional to physical, I, of course, like wanted nothing to do with sex the first trimester because I couldn't fathom being touched or doing any of that kind of stuff. Second trimester, not going to lie, like total flip of a switch Hmm. and like whole new sex life. It's very interesting. And I don't know what it is. I'm so intrigued by it, but it's like ramped up everything. And like, there's this whole new passion. I'm hitting the point now where like some things are getting uncomfortable physically just because of the belly. Um, but I'm I'm very pro-pregnancy sex in this phase of my pregnancy. We'll see how it goes in the third trimester. One of my friends is like, it doesn't fucking happen, girl. You hit a point where you're like, you're so big, it's impossible. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, good. At least you're getting a little bit a little bit now. Oh, there's a release. Yeah, there's a little release. There's some release there. It's also interesting to watch partners. I've always been interested of 
I've heard people be like, oh my God, my husband was so obsessed with me while I was pregnant. Or my partner was like even more attracted to me. Or like, you know, I felt like my partner didn't find me attractive. It's just been so interesting to observe him with my physical changes. Like he's obsessed. And I try, I don't know how to say this in like a not creepy way, but he's just like obsessed with me being with my pregnant body, if that makes sense. That's so cute. I mean, that's the dream. That's so good though to hear like he's, you know, such a supportive partner and that's like awesome. I, I, that's, I'm excited to see that too with, with mine. I'm like, I know he's so excited for that day to come. Um, and I think it like right. brings you guys closer. It's so cute. Uh, I love, I love that you, you know, you're so candid and you even just said, you're like going through this in 2020, especially was really hard and you weren't excited. You know, I think that, Mm-hmm. anybody listening who may be experiencing that, it might be helpful to hear like doing this in 2020 because it is so crazy. Like what, was there any like big disappointments? Like, were you like really like upset that you did? I mean, did you do a gender reveal or like, have you gotten like creative around any no, of this stuff? but I never, I didn't do a gender reveal, but I wouldn't have done one <laughs> other. Like I, I, another thing that I personally really dislike. Um, so we didn't do a gender, we, our doctor just, called us when she had the results and told us the gender and then we FaceTimed our parents. But for us, I would say the number one thing I feel not like gypped by, but I think whether you're pregnant or whether you have a newborn or whether you're a fiance, like, you know, we were talking about being a COVID bride, no matter what I think you're missing, there's some experience that was kind of stripped from you without your saying. And obviously there are bigger things happening in the world, but at the same time you're experiencing this and like, it's not what you thought it would be. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing has just been like spending time with my friends during this period. Like it's really weird. I'm a very social person. I have a lot of close girlfriends and it's really hard for me that, not that this is a big thing, but just like my, I'm not experiencing my normal life being pregnant. Like some of my friends are like, I hate the fact that I'm not even going to see you in person pregnant. Like, sure. You send me photos of like your belly and stuff, but like, I feel they're like, I feel like I'm missing out on experiencing this with you. And one of my best friends has been pregnant around the same time. She's delivering tomorrow. So four months ahead of me. And I even said to her, I'm like, this is so superficial, but the fact that we don't even have one photo of us pregnant together and we're best friends, our husbands are really close. Like our children are going to hopefully be very close for the rest of their lives. Like even just shit like that, I feel like I haven't gotten to spend the time with my close friends. And, you know, my mom's up my ass about having a baby shower. And I'm like, right now, this just doesn't seem like a thing. Who knows? COVID could be in a different place in April. I don't really expect it to be. So I don't plan on having a baby shower, but things like that. And I think my biggest thing is I just really hope, you know, I know we talked about this because we have similar timelines for big things in our life. Hmm. But I'm just praying that come June, like my child can meet people and I don't have to constantly be in fear. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine this is, is I mean, the stress of it already and then like adding a global pandemic on top is is not helpful. Right. Yeah. And I know, so I think that's the biggest thing is just like, what will the world look like when this baby enters it? And like, I really hope all, everyone in my life can meet him because that means so much to me. Yeah. I know you mentioned too, like the isolation and I, I've been hearing that forever. Like even when we weren't in mm-hmm. a, a global pandemic that, you know, that's a, a real thing with pregnancy is like, you know, you kind of feel, you can really feel isolated in your whole life 
changes, you know? So how have you been, totally. how have you been coping with, with that? I mean, I almost think it, it's actually kind of a good time to be pregnant because everybody's isolated. <laughs> so everybody's isolated. Also, I have no FOMO and I'm someone who gets FOMO. So for me, especially during the first trimester, if people were doing things and I was missing out on it or like, you know, I wasn't, I haven't really mind. It hasn't been an issue for me not to drink because I don't have the, or like, because I was so sick, I had no interest in it. And now it's like, do I wish I could get really drunk off of a pitcher of spicy margaritas? Of course. But I don't miss like the casual one glass of wine mm -hmm. in a night. I'm just kind of like, whatever about it. Because it's not in my face like it would be pre-COVID time. Like I'm not at a restaurant in New York City looking at all these delicious cocktails. It's just, I'm at home and I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't need that. But this week I've been with my parents, my husband, my younger sister and her boyfriend at my parents' house in Florida and they've all been getting drunk every night. And I'm like, yeah, this is annoying. Yeah. Like this is really annoying and I don't want to be around any of you. So isolation definitely also is real just because you feel, I don't know how to explain this, but it's a really fine line of like, you want to talk about your pregnancy because it's so consuming to you. Like you're living it every single second of your day so much of your life is changing and you want to talk about it with people, but you also don't want to bore people with it. And you don't want people to be like, oh my God, all she ever talks about is her pregnancy. Like, shut up. And also like, depending on where you are in your life and who your friends are, like some people can't relate. I've been very fortunate that two of my close friends are pregnant around the same time. But otherwise it's definitely hard because you're like, well, if I'm feeling all these things and they haven't experienced it, like it's hard for me to complain and they don't know technically what I'm going through. And just like anything that's like kind of unique, like they can't relate to it. So they don't know what to say. And then of course, like pregnancy, even without COVID, like it takes away an aspect of your social life. So it is isolating. I think for me, I've just relied on, I'm a big phone call person. Mm. Like, don't text me, call me. Mm. And if I'm busy, I just will call you back later. But I call at least one to two of my girlfriends every single day and talk for like a good 30 to minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, just to catch up and have some type of interaction that's not my husband and my dog. Yeah. <laughs> or my Instagram phone. Yeah. <laughs> that's huge. That's great. Doing all those, those phone yeah. calls a day. I think I I'm sure that helps with like feeling connected. Um, I know we've talked a lot of like the negative side, so I would love to end this on a positive. I know. Um, is there anything that you has surprisingly like you loved about pregnancy? Yes. And I do feel like it's easier for me to go down the route of everything I hate. And I, I am now enjoying it. I think I'm in the honeymoon phase right now, the second trimester. That's what people have told me to call it. So that's what I'm going with. I am loving my body which is something that has been very interesting for me because I've dealt with a ton of body image stuff and I felt like I was in the best place ever right before I got pregnant. And then the universe was like, oh, you feel good? Let's throw this wrench in and see how you handle it. And I've been really proud of my mindset, but also it's just been very eye-opening for me of like how deeply rooted certain thoughts I've had in the past are in fat phobia and diet culture and how I just feel more confident that I've ever felt before in my body, which is comical because first trimester, I've never felt uglier in my life. And it's not even like I didn't have really physical changes other than like stuff that was happening in my face. Oh, acne, another negative, sorry. But that was another thing that I experienced. Um, so for me right now, I feel like the biggest positive takeaway is just how powerful I feel mm. and how... 
I love my body with more deeply deep compassion and appreciation than I ever could have imagined. Because like, while it's been hard, the fact that I'm quite literally creating a human inside of me is not lost on me. Like women are superhero. Like this is superhero alien shit. And I think it's insane to me that this is how we create life. Like it's just why I obsess over those types of things. I'm just amazed by it. So that's definitely been probably like my greatest takeaway. And just now I feel way more connected to the child, Mm. which has been big for me because I didn't for a while. Um, And so, you know, now he's kicking a lot and my husband and my family members have like felt it. And it's just, it's wild to me that there's just a human in there. Yeah. That's so good that you're already feeling connected. Like I I even have a friend that she was telling me she like really didn't feel connected until the third trimester. And she was like starting to f- get really concerned. She's like, is this normal? Yes. Like I feel so guilty that I don't feel connected to my baby. And like, we're almost there. Right. And we feel so much guilt over that, which is another thing, just because of like what society tells us we're supposed to feel. I did not feel connected whatsoever in the first trimester or the beginning of my second trimester. It's a more recent thing. Mm. I did a podcast episode with my friend who has had a very similar pregnancy that I have. And we talked about this where for me, a big thing was finding out the gender, which I actually hadn't wanted to do, but my husband was very pro and I'm very grateful for us that we did. That really helped me feel like that it was someone rather than something, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Not that gender is everything, but it just, it got me very excited also because I really wanted a boy and that's what we're having. And then shockingly for me, it was when I bought the first thing for him. And I have honestly bought only three things. So that started and stopped real quick. But when my friends got me something and then I bought something like holding a piece of baby clothes, I was like, holy shit, there is going to be something that fits. It It was like, there's something so small that fits in this. And then immediately my mind was like, there's something this big's coming out of me. Like it was so twofold. Um, But that made it feel very real to me. And in a sense, made me notice like what's actually happening and feel this connection. And I think the kicking also for me was a big thing of connection because it's like, hello, I am in here. Oh, that's so cute. I always love like little baby clothes and shoes. Like I don't, I'm not like somebody who's obsessed with babies by any means, but when I see like a little pair of baby sneakers, I like freaking lose it. That's like the only time. Do I actually, (laughs) I said, I asked my stories. I'm like, guys, do do babies need shoes? Cause I don't know the answer. And everyone was like, no, they actually don't. But like, they're so cute. And I was like, okay. So I got him a pair of like Air Force Ones, Air Jordans, (laughs) and like one other pair. And I was like, okay, this is all he needs. But I just love them so much. Like I couldn't not get them. Yeah, baby shoes are so cute. Um, So cute. One question. Okay, so actually, this is kind of funny, but I wanted to do a throwback um, to a couple of our earlier episodes. Like when I started this podcast, we used to do this a lot more and I've kind of been off the wagon. But for you, I wanted to bring it back. We're going to play a little game. (laughs) Okay. And um, well, first, let me ask you, do you already have a name picked out? No, I have one that we have one that I like we both really like I'm someone that is very passionate about like not telling people what a child's name is before it's born because I'm like oh hey Bob nice to meet you like no one fucking cares which is not the case but that's just how I feel so 
we haven't fully decided. Our goal is to have three options mm. and then like going in with three full name options. And then once he's born, being like, this is what we think he should be. Okay. I like that. So we don't have a That's name. smart. Well, this may actually help you, this game. <laughs> Please, because you never realize how many people you hate in your life until you try to choose a baby. Name. Yes. I've, I've heard that before. Okay. So this game- It's so difficult. This game I made just for you. It's called- Foodie or first name. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give okay. you a foodie item. So apparently like that's, this is kind of like a new trend. Like a lot of names are coming mm-hmm. from food items and you are freckled foodie. So oh, yeah, I'm going to give you a couple food, foodie or food inspired names. And you have to guess if it's a boy's name or a girl's name. And I'm just going to give a little disclaimer because I know people are all up in arms and like gender... You need to be gender neutral. Right. I have a gender neutral name. Yeah. So these are just based on, this is based off of a Cosmo, a Cosmo list that I found and they, you know, rank them between boys and girls name. Anyway, let's just, let's, let's okay. play. First one, Saffron. What? That's a name, uh, girl. Are you saying it's a girl's name? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yep. Girl's name. It's actually ranked 714th on Nameberry's list right now in popularity. So that's a new, it's a, it's a up and coming popular name, what? it's Saffron. <laughs> Who knew? Kale is the next one. Boy. Yes. Which I, we, we have a, we have a Kale, a cousin, Joe's cousin's kid's name is Kale. Okay. That's the only reason why I felt confident in that answer, but I was kind of like, what? I actually almost thought that was a girl's <laughs> name and I was surprised. And apparently Shia LaBeouf played a character named Kale in a, in a movie recently. Um, okay, next one. Colby. Like Colby Jack Cheese. I actually like that name a lot. Um, boy. Okay, yeah. It says traditionally boy name, but it has been gaining popularity for girls' yeah, names. Yeah, I like it for a girl. I kind of like it too. Almost better, but I... Yeah, I kind of am into that for a girl, but I do think that it typically would probably be a boy's name. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm down with naming my kid after a cheese. It's like my favorite my favorite food Same. group. Okay, next one, clove. Girl. It's actually boy. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's interesting. Name. I know. Um next one is row, which is, you know, like on sushi, girl? on sushi, it's a uh, Right, right. Yeah. Um yes, this is a traditional girl's name, which I think is kind of cute. Row. So I do too, but I have to tell you, I have a speech impediment with my R's and my last name is Rogers now. So we have nixed every single name that has either starts with an R, has too many R's or has an LR. Because if I don't think about it, I would say, whoa, Rogers. <laughs> like without me actually actively thinking, that's how it would come out of my mouth. Okay. So that's been another easy way to nix names for us. Okay, yeah, that'll, that'll narrow it down. Um, the next one yeah. is Sage. Girl. I thought that too. It's actually traditionally a boy's name and it means wise and knowing. Interesting. Don't you kind of love these like food names? <laughs> some of them I'm into. Some, no, not at all. But some I can get behind. <laughs> okay, this one might fall under the not at all category. Um, tamarind, which am I even saying that right? Is that how you say that? It's a spice. Yeah, but are people actually naming their child that? Apparently. Um, boy. It is a sweet and sour fruit name that has been commonly used for girls. I suck at this game. And what is going on in this? I've never even heard any of these. Other than Kale, I've never heard someone <laughs> named these things. I know. It's it's a new trend. Um, okay, the next one. Basil. No. <laughs> Just no. 
<laughs> um, girl. Boy. What in the hell? I'm not meant to be a mom. I know. I'm not ready. I know. I feel like I've I've met some of these. Um, I lived in LA for a year. I feel like this is okay. Then you've met them. Yeah, at I've definitely met a basil in Erewhon <laughs> Market. Um, okay, next one. Fig boy. So this one is actually gender neutral. They say it's like equally okay, for boys yeah, and girls. Yeah, I was gonna say I could see either way go either one. I don't despise that one. Shockingly, <laughs> fig. I don't know. But I don't know what you could make that short. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I have is Lotus. Girl? Yes. Yes. It's a staple okay. and tease. At least I ended on a Soups And yes, it's a good girl's name. Yes, you ended on a positive note. So those are... <laughs> Thank goodness. Honestly, choosing a name has been so hard. I talk about it all the time with my husband. I'm like, I feel like we should be thinking of things. And then we try and we can't think of any names. Like I cannot come up with a name for the life of me. And then anytime someone suggests a name, I'm like, oh, I know I knew someone once and I didn't like them or they bothered me and that was their name. Like as if that matters. Yeah. If you had to choose one of those names, which one would you go with? Probably Colby. Mm. All right. There it is. You know what's I'm not against that name, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Um, you know what's funny is I I I've had like my boy's name picked out basically my whole life. Like I love this one name. It's like I already mm-hmm. like that's my son's name. Like I just know, like that's what I wanted forever. <laughs> and my fiance is like, no, because this kid in first grade was like mean to me. And that was his name. And I'm like, so what? <laughs> this is something we've been having because I love. Cole is a family name for my on my dad's side. And I love the name Coleman mm. and calling him Cole. But Joe's one of his best friends still. They his last name is Kohler, and they call him Coleman when he's a really drunk idiot. So he's like, I cannot look at my child and call him Coleman when all I think about is like my friend when he's hammered and wasted and doing stupid shit. And that's what we call him. And I'm like, I kind of need you to get over that, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think you're going to. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, that name has been next. Oh, gosh. And of course, that guy is considering naming his unborn, his wife's pregnant right now. They're considering naming their child Cameron. So I'm like, this would be a fun thing to do if we kind of swapped names. Yeah. Oh, man. But, well, hopefully, hopefully you guys land on something great. We can't wait. We can't wait to see what you, what so. you guys pick out. Um, and if it's Colby, like all I, all I need is just like a quick shout out. For real. Seriously. I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to add some of these names on, maybe do like a poll on Instagram this week. Yes, and, do, and, an, do an Instagram poll. Yeah. And see, see what the people think. Um, but Cameron, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to follow you, follow your journey a little bit more. Where can they find you? First of all, thank you so much for having me. If you would like to follow along and you are ready for some more unfiltered shit, um, Freckled Foodie is my most active channel, which is Instagram. And then from there, pretty much everything is tagged. And then I do have a podcast, Freckled Foodie and Friends, which releases an episode every Friday. And you can go listen to Sarah, who was a guest on episode, I want to say 91, maybe 90, 91. Very recent. So It'll be there. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. And good luck with everything. Thank you. 
All right, guys, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I want to thank Cameron Rogers, aka the Freckled Foodie, for being on this podcast and for being so open about her pregnancy experience with us. I know I learned a thing or two. If you know someone who might like this podcast, please share the love, maybe even post it on your Instagram stories. You guys sharing this podcast is what keeps it going. So big thank you to you. If you haven't done so already, this would also be a really good time to maybe hit those five stars, maybe even leave a one to two sentence review if you can. It takes less than a minute and really does help the show grow. I know there are a ton of podcasts out there. So just know that I am really honored you choose to spend your hour with me. And I take your time super seriously. Like if there is ever any topic you want covered or any feedback you have for me, hit me up. Let me know. This show is for you. I hope you guys have a great week and I hope to see you back here next week for a brand new episode. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday.